What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the PCS Podcast, your home for all things competitive Pokemon. I am your host, Katana TCG, also known as Drew, Pokedad Inter Drew, for those who listen to the Pokedads. And with me, as always, we have Pokey Brews, uh, also known as Justin. Mostly go by Pokey Brews these days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man, how are you? I know you just braved the storm of the century. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was. Um, I'm I'm doing great. Um, it's been a wild week and a half. Um, for those that don't know, I live in Central Florida um, and got a uh, hurricane to the face. Pretty much. Um, that was uh, that was interesting to go through. Um, not my first one, obviously, being a Floridian, uh, born and raised. But this one, uh, this one was a little scary, especially with uh, having a little one around and stuff like that. And uh, but luckily, we came out unscathed. Only lost uh, our fence and. Uh, yeah, everything was good. It had a big chunk out under a window where something hit, so that was kind of a scary to see the next morning. Um, but yeah, we are good. Nice. Yeah, it's good to be lucky sometimes, eh? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. How about you, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm chilling. Uh, just uh, getting off being a little sick. So for those listening back home, sorry if I'm a little, little stuffy and don't have my my typical voice energy, if you will. Uh, but I'm good. I got to watch a whole weekend of Pokemon because I wasn't going through a hurricane. And uh, that's what everyone's here for, right? Talk about some Pokemon things. Yep, exactly. Right on. So we just had the Peoria Regional. Uh, I did have to cancel my trip to go to um, Rick's wedding as well as Peoria for the weekend, which felt really bad. But flights were just getting very expensive. One of my flights was actually benched in florida and they were like hey this plane's staying go find yourself another means to go and yeah. that 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 was the final straw that made me kind of pull the pull the plug on the whole thing and it feels bad but you know rick's wedding looked great and the peoria obviously took off without a hitch and it was definitely fun to watch would have been more fun to play but definitely fun to watch um but yeah so we had the peoria regional this weekend and it had 1,082 masters. So it didn't beat Baltimore, but it's still up there. That's that's still crazy for the amount of masters that are showing up for these types of events. Oh, it's incredibly insane. And just to have that number um, with, you know, all the flights getting canceled because you weren't the only one. Um, I've heard a lot of stories of people whose flights got canceled or they got changed. Um, I know a lot of uh, Florida players that were planning on going same thing, their flights just flat out got canceled or they couldn't go because they were worried about their house or, you know, family and stuff like that. So to have 1,082 Masters with so many people missing, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I wonder what the number could have been if it wasn't during a weekend with a hurricane. You know, maybe, maybe we see that, that 1,100, 1,200 mark potentially. Yeah, I don't think it'll be at Salt Lake City because that's an expensive place to go, but maybe the one right afterwards. Yeah, no, I, I I tend to agree. Uh, but who and what won Peoria, man? Well, I don't think anyone would be surprised to hear that first place was uh, none, none other than Tord Redcliffe himself um, came all the way out to Peoria, Illinois to compete and win with a Lost Zone Toolbox. Um, something we kind of expected to do really well. We saw a lot of this online, you know, right out the gates doing awesome. Um, but this, this list is actually pretty unique compared to um, any of the lost box, lost toolboxes we've seen um, online, which is, and, you know, leave the tour to reinvent the wheel and, and, you know, take the whole thing. Yeah, this is sick. Like we 
obviously we watched the not watch, but we saw the Singapore finals and lost box ended up doing pretty good there. It was a little bit more involved where as far as consistency goes, this is about as consistent as a hard hitting decision-making deck goes. Uh, and I, you know, I know Rick would have loved to talk about this cause he had some really fun interactions with, uh, toward and his friends at Milwaukee. So, uh, I know he's probably stoked that he won the whole thing, but the deck is cool because obviously nothing evolves. It's feeling oddly reminiscent of, um, tag team flavored decks, if you will. Um, but it's, it's powerful. You have so many options. You've got, um, you know, a three count of lost vacuum, which I thought was unnecessary at first, but I'm seeing the merit more and more with this because people coming out of the wet work with things like, um, counter stadiums and uh, big parasol to stop things like Sableye and so on and so forth. So it makes a lot of sense, but switch cart as a card itself just kind of made a huge splash on this whole weekend. And I'm more and more thinking about how we can apply switch cart to every deck. Cause you know, obviously it's limited to basics and everything and this deck doesn't evolve, but new VMAX was running switch carts too. And I think that that's, a pretty sick card and it seems super appropriate for the format we're jumping into. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just the fact that this deck is, is nothing but basic. So, I mean, it just makes sense in here, but yeah, you're seeing everyone kind of just take those regular switches out of their decks and throw the switch card. And it's, I mean, most decks, if you're, if you're a basic, that means you're going pretty fast and you're going to be hitting hard and why not heal a little damage if you need to switch at the same time, you know, um, the Sableye that we see in this deck is a lot of players are like kind of trying to preemptively set up math and put damage counters on, you know, individual things here and there. And a switch cart can totally mess that up for someone. Um, yeah. just because you're healing that damage that they're, they're spreading to set up future plays. Yeah. And when you look at the, the amount of switch outs in this deck, you know, running basically what, 16 copies of switch. <laughs> it's, a uh, it seems just super mobile. You seem like you have a lot of options, actually 18, if you count the air balloons and yeah, I just I, say, know, yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, hats off to Tord for piloting this. And, uh, before we talk about the second place deck, it was funny to see in a final in, in a game two scenario, homie <laughs> just getting absolutely donked by, this deck that doesn't seem like it has any donk potential. Uh, but he had like a rapid race to get that chorus for the, for the donk on the sobble with Cramorant. And, you know, <laughs> it, it is, it is a terrible way to go out, but it was super cool to see on stream because it happens to me too often and seeing pros get donk too, just makes you feel a little bit better. That's what I was about to say. I was like, it's, it's happened to all of us. I mean, we've all had that like, all right, pass, get donked. And we just say, that's just what happens every once in a while. But yeah, couldn't agree more to see it in the finals game to people. They, you know, grinded it out for two days and to get donked for the loss. That's just, yeah. that's a little rough. Um, I will say too, I really like in this list, the inclusion of the Oranguru. At first I was kind of like, why is that there? But I mean, it just makes sense with uh, with the Comfy Engine because those Battle VIP pass. Um, this is something I just happened to notice today looking over lists. Um, I mean, you could literally put a Battle battle VIP pass on top of your deck and then Comfy it away so you're guaranteed to get rid of stuff you don't want. And it, it's perfect. Absolutely. And he would not have landed the Chorus in that, 
that donk game if not for Oringaru. So uh, seems exactly. like a pretty good card. And I imagine we see it in a lot of decks, uh, especially Lost Zone flavored ones going into um, the next couple of regionals. But without further ado, we'll go ahead and talk about that second place list. Uh, Cal Connor, and he was playing Palkia and Teleon. Um, had a little bit of Lost Origin Spice um, in the form of Drapion. And that was basically it. Other than that, staying true to the consistent core of all things um, Inteleon and Palkia flavored. And unfortunately, just didn't draw so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cal Connor has been rocking the, the Palkia Inteleon for a good little while now. And um, I mean, obviously, he's a great pilot with it. Um, so why, I mean, really, why change it up too much when you don't need to? Obviously, that Drapion B is, I mean, just really good against the Mew matchup, which we did see a handful of Mews. Um, and just anything that's got, you know, playing the Inteleon or the um, the Rapid Strike Sobbles and stuff. It, it's a, it, it sucks to start, but, I mean, it's a really, really good inclusion in here. And um, obviously, he knows what he's doing. He got second place. He did really well at Worlds. And, yeah, he keeps crushing it with this deck. Absolutely. And he was a great sport, especially at the table. You could tell that he was very frustrated, top decking things he didn't want, heavy balled a few times into um, the prizes to kind of switch everything up and just continue to draw into the heavy ball, which I would understand is very frustrating, especially playing against a single prize deck piloted by none other than Tord Reclam. Uh, but then starting the Sobble, he just kind of like made eye contact with the camera. He's like, yep, he has callers, that's it. And, you know, he... <laughs> He was a good sport. It was super, super good to watch. Uh, he was very colorful on screen, and uh, I look forward to seeing Cal Connor on stream uh, a lot more in the future. But Palkia and Teleon staying very good in this format, man. It just has answers to everything. It really does. It's it's such a good deck. One of my locals, he he swears by it. I mean, he's he's been putting the hours and hours into it and he, he keeps showing results just like every seems like if you put the time in with it and the consistency it's just there it's a powerhouse honestly it's so good right and you know as much as you think that you have a deck that can counter palkia you either don't have the hp to sustain it or you have the wide bench space and you're you're not having that much utility so it is a very punishing deck it seems like it has um a great spot in this next format. You really just don't have to do a whole lot to the core of it uh, to be successful. Uh, were there any decks you wanted to talk about, um, you know, at any capacity uh, coming out of day two, day one, whatever you might've seen on stream? Um, so I actually really like the Gudra, Hazui uh, and Gudra and Arceus. Um, but I mean, we all kind of know what those do, but uh, for an actual like honorable mention, um, I did want to shout out the guy. I actually didn't, I forgot to remember his name, um, but the one player playing Dialga, um, Origin Form Dialga, um, only one in day two, and he actually went with the Lost Zone engine um, that we're seeing that took the whole event. Um, he's playing a four Colrus, he's playing two Cramorants, he's, he's playing uh, Mirage Gate so he can get extra energies attached. Um, didn't do so hot in day two, but I mean, he got 69th place and he was the only origin nice. from Dialga. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that is super cool. It seems super appropriate, especially with a lot of the, uh, Kiram finding its way into all these Palkia decks and, uh, obviously being eternally weak to steel definitely helps, but taking an extra turn, um, at any capacity, especially against these lost zone decks, uh, they can't really sustain 
you know, being pushed down that extra turn because they need all the turns they can get to set up all that map. So I think exactly. that uh, Dialga's probably got a pretty good future in this format, but we will um, we'll see how it transpires. I love it with the Lost Zone because it's like the equivalent of playing eight Metal Saucers. And yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it's so easy to accelerate energy, even if it's just one at a time. You ha- it's an item card, so you really can't go wrong. Uh, one deck that I wanted to shout out was the Hisuian Zorark V-Star, making it into top eight. And, I mean, I think the deck has a lot of potential. It's definitely super powerful. Um, you could see in the list it's running the Lost Vacuum plus two Big Parasol. It's teched for its worst matchups. And it just seems like it has a lot going for it. Uh, doesn't run the Melanie Engine, doesn't run... The Radiant Charizard plus Magma Basin uh, doesn't even run the Psychic Energy to potentially clean up with Gengar. It's just four double turbo energies and chew through your deck with things like the Trekking Shoes and Ultra Balls and Double Crobat and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I was going to say uh, it's it's really interesting to see this do so well. I'm actually happy because I really want this deck to work. Um, and obviously here we got all the way to eighth place with this deck. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've tried it with the Melanie Engine. I've tried it, like you said, with the Magma Basin, and it just it, it's it's figure trying to figure that out. And it seems like just going the straight Gatejaw Bog for DTE and Go is is going to be the best method so far. Um, I, the last pod I talked about it with a new deck. I always get scared with decks that only play four four energies and then being special energies on top of that. But I mean, again, we see it here. Uh, they made it work. Right, and Zorak having the built-in draw engine definitely helps with its V-Star power. Uh, but it just—it seems like a deck, especially at, at this build, where as soon as you get ahead on prizes, you're just trading out. And the goal for what this build appears to be is just to take that first knockout at any capacity, and like it gives you that opportunity to do so. Yeah, exactly. And and I do like that they kind of have it all turboed out with the uh, trekking shoes in there. And like you said, it play, has the Zorark has that ability. They're also playing uh, four professors research in there. So, I mean, they're they're ready to dig for what they need and when they need it. And I do like that they play the Deontay, which allows them to kind of hide and set behind. Granted, it doesn't help against something like cross switchers or escape rope, which you're seeing a lot of. But it is help for maybe a deck that doesn't have that turn one. No, and I tend to agree. And the, the likeliness of you landing that double turbo energy in that first hand, too, um, it helps for Zorark to have that free attack just to sustain an extra turn. Exactly. Um, the-, the only thing that I don't see they have an answer to is something like a mill tank. Um, but luckily, we did not see too much of that in uh, Peoria. At least not day right. two, anyways. Right. I think that Cramorant will do all that work for you. <laughs> It'll push all of those yeah. uh, those mill tanks as down as they need to be. Uh, but I wanted to take a look at the top six. Yeah, I wanted to take a look at top 16. Uh, we did have uh, Zorark and Giratina Lost Box in top eight. Um, obviously got pushed down by things uh, Palkia and Kiram flavored. Uh, but below that, you know, we saw a pretty good showing of Reggie Gigas. And I would imagine it being pretty good in a format like this. Swings for multiple weaknesses. Um, doesn't really get shut off by Empoleon the same way that other decks do. Um, and it just looks like a deck that can really capitalize on a lot of these lower HP attackers in the form of V-Stars. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think Reggie's is in a is a pretty good spot. Um, I think Empoleon is an absolute lie, if I'm being honest. So I don't think you have to worry about that too much with Reggie's yeah. um, or Lost Box for that instance either. Um, but yeah, Reggie's just like I still remember whenever there people were talking about Reggie's coming out, and everyone's like, "It's not going to be good. It's not going to work." I mean, we've just seen it time after time make a good showing, and um, a lot of of the big name players played Reggie at Peoria, and if the big mm-hmm. name players are playing it, obviously, like it's they're playing it for a reason. They think it's good, and it is good. Right, and I think that the decks that were able to utilize Lost City very effectively are unfortunately the decks that <laughs> Reggie's got kind of matched up against. So uh, unfortunately, it wasn't able to really make a huge showing there. But, you know, keep Reggie's on your radar. I think that it only has the ability to get stronger. And these people weren't even playing um, the Thornton Spice, where you're able to just send it back out from the discard pile and put it right back onto the bench. This was just straight Reggie's, Pokestop, dig through your deck. Put down path if, when you need to shut down uh, a deck that relies on abilities. Uh, yeah, Reggie's just seems like it's in a good spot. And then 12th place, you had that Arceus Guja that we were talking about just a little bit ago. Yeah, and then also in 16th place as well. And uh, if I remember seeing on Twitter correctly, I, I could be wrong, but I believe 12th and 16th place um, both played the same same 60. Um, and I know 16th place Cyrus Davis, we actually saw them on the stream. Um, and I know that matchup I was glued to just because I, I don't know. I just think Gudra has got, um, got some interesting potential. I don't know if it's, I, I, well, I don't know. I know that it has not been fully explored yet. So I'm interested to see how that's going to do. Right. Uh, I think piloting it with the, the RCS just makes it a little bit faster, which is something Gudra has struggled with, um, for online events and stuff like that. Um, we know Arceus is good, and I know our, <laughs> that our commentaries love talking about the uh, the Moist Star on <laughs> on stream and stuff <laughs> like that. So uh, it is. It, it seems like a good deck. I really don't think that there's going to be a better pi- uh, a better energy accelerator than Arceus with it right now. But I I, I tend to like it. I, I think that there's also space in the deck too for you to have like a tertiary attacker in the form of Zamazenta. Um, and I know some people were playing the uh, the Dauntless Shield Zamazenta as well that blocks VMAX attacks, and I thought that that was pretty sick. Yeah, I think that's a really good counter to um, the Kyrams as well as, you know, you're hitting them for weakness as well too, so it's kind of a win-win in that matchup. Yeah, I tend to agree. And to, you know, 13th, 14th, and 15th, we had Arceus Giratina, and then we had Mew VMAX piloted by, piloted by uh, Riley Holbert, uh, who we've seen time and time again make these, you know, top cut presences. Uh, and I believe Riley and Andrew Mahone, Tricky Jim, for those who don't know, um, were playing the same 60 of Mew, which is super sick to see. Um, they were, again, they're rocking the fusion list. They're rocking a path to the peak now. It seems very dangerous. And in 15th place, we have uh, Palkia and Teleon. Yep, and then going back to the uh, the Mew list, too, I actually was checking that one out. I really like the inclusion of the Drapion V, the new one from Lost Origins, um, just for the, uh, the the mirror matches and stuff like that. It, it's kind of a perfect perfect one-shot of Mew VMAX in the mirror, and, and then you go back in, you can save your power tablets for another big knockout later on and stuff like that. So um, I really think that's a really good inclusion in there. Yeah, it just if sucks I were... if you start it, but hey... <laughs> 
I mean, if you're going first, it's not so bad because you could attach a double turbo to it. And if you're playing against the mirror, they have to bench at least two of the Fusion Strike Pokemon in order to knock it donked, you know? So you're able to still oh, attack true, for yeah. 170 if you find a way to gust that, that Mew into the active. You know, you're already a turn ahead after starting Drapion. <laughs> That is true. I actually didn't even think about it like that. So yeah, so it's actually really not that bad. <laughs> At least in the mirror. It probably sucks to start against anything else, but I, I can see the merit yeah. in the mirror for sure. Uh, but with all this data collected, you know, what kind of, <laughs> what storms are ahead for us in Salt Lake City? Well, one, don't say storms to someone who just went through a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my bad. <laughs> no, but um, but no, I I think we're gonna see Palkia still do really really well. Um, I do think we might see. I know I've mentioned a couple times the the Gudra. I think we're gonna see um, some streamlining come out of that. Um, one thing I didn't see, and I'm actually a little surprised, um, is some AI, some Arceus and Teleon, mm-hmm. um, just because it's got some interesting new tech. So I think we might see some of that pop up. Um, but I mean, pretty much, I feel like it's going to be more the same stuff we're kind of seeing. Um, I know there was a ton of uh, Kiram played. Uh, we might see a little decrease in that, but um, it's kind of hard to tell, honestly. It it really is the the meta so diverse right now. I feel like it's you, if you hit the right matchups, you could really do well with anything, honestly. No, I tend to agree. I see. Um, just from recent online results and stuff like that, Ice Q is making its way back into Palkia and Palkia Kiram decks. Um, that combin- combined with uh, Big Parasol just seems to be very problematic for um, all things Lost Box flavored. Uh, but I don't think that that's like the end-all be-all for uh, Palkia and Teleon. I, I really do think Palkia and Teleon is probably in the best spot possible. Uh, whether or not they play the Drapion or not, I don't think that Mew is its biggest um, issue right now. I think maybe running the same um, issues that Zoroark is running into and run like maybe one to two Big Parasol or one Big Parasol plus like maybe a Silene or a Cyclid or anything else you may or may not need like a Crosswitcher. Um, I think that that yep. could potentially be something that fixes it. Uh, but yeah, Palkia probably wins Salt Lake City just because of it's going to show up in sheer numbers and it just seems like you have access to everything at all times. Right. I think people are going to, they're going to tech enough for the, the lost boxes to where they're going to get around them this time. And um, I really do. I agree. I, I think that Palkia is probably going to be one of the top dogs yet again. Yeah, I'd love to see a second coming of Rapid Striker Shifu, though. Uh, oh, same. Yeah, I know I know the Lost Box is playing double Manaphys now because of uh, Tordrekliff, but I think that that could also be uh, something that hinders a, a, Lost, a Lost Box at some times, because if you start with it and, you know, you dig for your first Comfy and you're faced with making a tough decision of getting a VIP pass or your second Manaphy... Um, Urshifu kind of makes space for things like Lost City in at least a one or two count to kind of push things like that down, and then you just eat for free. So, yeah. um, and, and if your opponents are starting Drapion, it's weak to fighting, so it, it works out great. So I would love to see Urshifu make some sort of um, appearance at Salt Lake City. I don't think it will, but I think it would be pretty appropriate for this format. Um and then before we kind of go into our plugs and stuff like that, 
I wanted to let everyone listening that we now have a Twitter uh, for the PCS podcast. We are uh, at PCS underscore pod on Twitter. So uh, if you want your questions um, talked about or answered on the podcast following Salt Lake City, go ahead and hit us up there and we'd be happy to, you know, spar back and forth with you, you know, post some lists and so on and so forth. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Yep. yep. <laughs> right on. And then, uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, he nothing, said it all. He's got this. <laughs> no, 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 nothing else. All right. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and keep it a uh, short and sweet. Uh, we'll go ahead and sign out. Uh, for those who don't already follow the Poke Dads podcast, make sure you do on Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth, and listen to their episodes every Friday. Um, I hang out there all the time. So uh, if you love the sound of my voice, then just go ahead and hit us up there. And if you want to see any of my lists or any of my content, make sure you check out Katana TCG on YouTube and Twitter. Awesome. And uh, I am Pokey Brews uh, or Justin. Um, I've been a guest on the Pokey Dads podcast here and there. Um, not, not as often as Drew, obviously. Um, but if you guys want to find me, I am Pokey Brews on uh, Instagram and Pokey Brews TCG on Twitter. I'm more on Instagram than I am Twitter, but I'll try to get back to you if you hit me up on Twitter. Um, and then one thing I did want to shout out on my Instagram page, I'm doing a giveaway right now um, to help charity and stuff like that. So if you want to check that out and want to help, you know, a, a good cause, um, just check that out. And uh, yeah, you can win a, a graded card that I've got going on there. So hell yeah check me out <laughs> yeah no absolutely now go ahead and hit up brews and then uh make sure you hit up the affiliate link that will be located in the bio of this pod uh but that about sums it up for our recap of peoria and we look forward to seeing and hearing from all of you guys after salt lake city deuces catch you guys next time <laughs>